It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in theaters, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey. And I've been told all week that Murray wasn't going to be here, and I had this awesome intro that was going to change the world. And... As much as I love to have Murray here, I wish I could read it because it's so fantastic. Just and you would have just loved it. Just say I'm awesome. That's all you got to say. Yeah, Murray's here. That's right. And I'm awesome. And he's awesome. And he's awesome. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Ooh, well, well, well. Thanks to all who have been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please support us and join the growing Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. All members get special episodes and content only for members, and all members who sign up will get a limited edition Film Rage merch item. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible film. Shout out to Alberta, our largest listening province in Canada, and our largest listening state is now Georgia. Because you're always on my mind. Always on our minds. Yeah. And Vive la France, still number three. And though the Brits are pushing hard from behind. Go France. Well, the Brits do that, right? It's true. It's very, very true. All right. All right. Movies are back at Canyon Meadow Cinemas. We are open for your viewing pleasure with great new films opening weekly. All health-regulated protocols are in effect for a safe and enjoyable experience. And don't forget, we should be your first choice for your next birthday party or special event. Can't make it to the cinema? We got you covered. Ordered concessions from our online store, and you can either choose curbside pickup or get them delivered via Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, or DoorDash. For more details, go to canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. Here at CMC, we would like to thank you for your continued support, and we are looking forward to seeing you at the movies. All right, let's dance. Let's we're streaming, we're streaming, and we're just streaming, and Bryce, we're doing what? We're streaming. And Murray was doing some streaming in the hotel. Streaming. Started with a little Netflix action this week. A uh, something I've been looking forward to: Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. Mm-hmm. In this doc, we are shown how the world's most famous art instructor came to be, as well as how his simple concept of bringing art to as many people as possible became an empire, which in turn was exploited by his business partners. Through the first half of the doc, we get to know the man behind the on-screen persona. We learn some amusing details, such as the genesis for his 
on-screen soothing voice as he was trying to connect with the, his female audience <laughs> as if he were in bed with them. And the fact that he was, uh, you know, quite a flirt as well. He's, He's sexy. He's sexy. They cover the Joy of Painting series from its early days right through its final season. I got to learn that my reaction was the same as his director's when the little with little time left in the show, Bob would paint a thick black line down a section of his painting, causing me as a viewer as well as the director to gasp as he seemingly had defaced the beautiful painting he had created. What? What is he doing? Why would he ruin the painting like that? We had invested like the last 15, 25 minutes of our time into this and then about two minutes later he would take this inexcusable tarnishing of his art and actually turn the painting into something better even better giving it more depth and contrast draw a tree the film really started getting interesting when we were introduced to the kowalskis who ended up becoming business partners with bob this is where the betrayal and greed part of the doc take over. Mm-hmm. We learn of the exploitation of the Bob Ross brand. From there, we find out the ruthlessness of Bob's business partners, the Kowalskis, as they scramble to get control of Bob Ross's empire as Bob was on his dying bed. Eesh. They found a way to cut Bob's son out of the business and to this day continue to exploit the good name of Bob Ross. All the lunchboxes and mints and board games and chia pets and t-shirts, proceeds go right into the pockets of the Kowalskis. Kind of a depressing ending to the film, and it makes me sad that if I'm to enjoy anything as it relates to Bob Ross, it's probably lining the pockets of the Kowalskis. Sad day indeed. Tainted. How can I enjoy Bob Ross without supporting Bob Ross, Inc.? I wish someone could tell me. Mm. Bob Ross, good. Bob Ross, Inc., evil. Bob Ross, happy accidents, betrayal, and greed. Mondo. Cool beans. Mer, did you get to see this? <clears throat> yeah, I did. Because you guys put it in the list. All right. And? I, I should have watched He's All That. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, first of all, I don't like art. Okay. Here's why. Junior high, I almost failed art class. Ouch. I had an A average until I had to take art. How do you almost fail art, you ask? You well, have no artistic I can't talent. draw or paint or sculpt. See, if, That's you, how. if you watched Bob Ross, yeah, he well, said this he is, can teach anybody to paint. This is in 1983, so I don't know if his show was even yeah, around. Yeah, it was then, still around. I didn't add those channels anyway. Um, yeah, yet I was a yearbook photographer for two years, developing and printing my own photos. So I had some talent, just not in the other stuff. Gotcha. Actually, when I visited friends in Boston, they took me to the Museum of Fine Arts. Bless their hearts for doing so, but I was bored out of my mind for three hours. Gotcha. Room after room of paintings. Uh, but I digress. Uh, this movie was literally watching paint dry. It wasn't terrible. Uh, Bob Ross seemed like a nice enough guy. I uh, no, I just I don't get the whole phenomenon of watching him paint. I just don't get that. Uh, I did find the story of his business partner screwing him and his family over quite interesting. Unfortunately, that didn't really end too well for the Ross family. Um, this was a watching paint dry meh. Okay. So nothing. Well, see, now this is what I suggest you I actually didn't hate do, Marie. I didn't hate is it. Is you should go on YouTube and go and watch some full episodes of Bob Ross. Yeah, no, and then I, you should learn to paint and no. then go back and get that A. Yeah, well. From high school art class. Ship has sailed on that. I don't know. You're never too never too old to learn. Uh, I had no interest in learning. So, first thing of note on this is Steve, 
Bob Ross's son, could pass as the future future doppelganger of Bryce in, say, 30 years. So those of you who are just listening to us and you don't get to see us, no. come listen in 30 years yeah, to I see if see he also sounds like Steve Ross. No. Yeah, it's absolutely. Wait, if, if we had one of those um, detective things that could actually capture Bryce and then fast forward him 30 years, I'm almost certain it what would the be heck are you Steve Ross. De- detective things? No, it's computer. Yeah, you know those computer, computer generated things that age you? It can age you. Yeah. I kind of want to now do that now. Yeah, let's do that. So we'll, we'll work on that for the next week and see if it I was true. So, second thing, I'm pretty sure anyone who is over 35 years old knows who Bob Ross is. And if, I didn't. if you don't know, imagine Mr. Rogers, but with an Afro and teaching you how to paint. I do think a lot of people over the years have enjoyed a bowl of weed as big as Bob's Afro while watching a Bob video. The <laughs> film, however, kind of went in a completely different direction about halfway through, as Bryce had mentioned. It changed from Bob's life to what I'll call a mystery I was fully enjoying getting the story of Bob, and then the mystery happens, which seems to be a Netflix-style thing. It throws in a red herring. Granted, they hinted it was going to happen, but when it came up in the movie, I personally felt it lacked the intrigue that it should have. I felt a little out of place in the story it was telling, and I really loved most of this, but the Netflix-style convoluted docs that they do caused this to take a turn, in my opinion, for the worse. I kind of wished it gave more insight through this film about our assailants through the film, sprinkling more info as it progressed, but it did not do that. When it finally came to the end, although I was sad for the Ross family, I did not feel this film did a very great justice to them or this or their family story. I liked a lot of it because who doesn't like Bob? But this Netflix doc gets a man. So let me ask you this. Yes. Did this documentary destroy your love or joy of Bob Ross and his paintings? Because it kind of, you know... Took the co- the, the, yeah, took the cover off us. Of, it's like Mr. Rogers, right? Mm. It's like uh, that movie with Tom Hanks tried to portray a darker side to him. He just got involved with bad people, so yeah, I, no, I get it. it but it didn't. It made him a victim. Anything. Yeah, I yeah. think it made but, him a victim. But but it, same way, it's like this thing was for a lot of people. It's like their thirty minutes of pure bliss. Yeah, and then they bring up all this business stuff that basically kind of sours it a little but that's what i think anyway well yeah that, that i agree with yeah and i may be talking about that later oh anyway, he's got a rage that's brewing. just what i thought i like it when the no, rage it was okay brewing. as documentaries go i just i didn't know a lot about yeah, the guy and it's like i, I, I just don't I, like painting that's i all. think it actually it actually made me respect bob a little bit more actually because I, I like to hear the story. I wish it was more of the story side of him, I guess, is what I was saying. I wanted to know the evil that was the people, but I don't know. I, I don't think... I didn't feel they did it as well as you did. So, anyway. All right. It was a motto for you. It was a math for me. Mm. 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 Well, should we move on? <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> So we got to see the movie Mosquito State on Shudder. Boom, boom. Dum, dum. Nice. Uh, so 
August 2007, isolated in his austere penthouse overlooking Central Park, obsessive Wall Street data analyst Richard Boca seems ominous, sees ominous patterns. This is what it's about. But I don't know. I didn't feel the uh, uh, the juice that uh, that it didn't come across that way in um, in Shutter's <laughs> viewpoint. Anyway, the whole intro through the credits I thought was creepy as hell. I thought the whole credit intro scene could have lasted another. 15 minutes I would have been in love. The music was infectious and the CGI was fun and interesting. Visuals were super amazing. Loved the slow descent into insectum. But I found the main actor's acting got a little worse as the film progressed, or at least it would come and go at times and not consistent through the film. I thought he was the highlight of this. Yeah, well, I mean, he was the whole movie. So, I mean... I, I don't know. I found at times I didn't buy what he was selling. The beginning really had some real Cronenberg overtimes, uh, overtones, almost like uh, Philip Jan. I'm not sure if it's pronounced Jan or Jan. Uh, Rimza? Rim, Rimza? Uh, almost like he was a friend of baby Cronenberg. As I'm watching, I'm just realizing how much I really enjoy body horror as a horror subgenre. Every time they showed the swarms of bugs breeding in the water, I started squirming. I really liked getting into the character's head. Some of the story felt sloppy as the film continued to open up. The whole interaction with his lady friend, quote unquote, made uh, made little sense to me. Um, and only for that reason, I'm giving it a mad. But I really look forward to what the director has in his next next film. I think he has a great style. And with a bit more money and maybe some time, I hope he stays with body horror genre as I feel he has a huge future in that specific horror genre. I liked it a lot, uh, but it got a mad. All, All right. Bryce, are you basking in the glory that was Mosquito State? I think he's embracing his mosquito side. Mm. He's got his pincher hands up, ready to pounce. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Should I go next? Pouncing? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, okay, this combined things that I don't like or have any interest in. First of all, mosquitoes. Enough said. They creeped you out? Is that what you're they saying? Are, I hate mosquitoes. I who doesn't? Second, Wall Street and the stock market. Yawn. I don't have any money, so I don't invest in anything. <laughs> uh, this movie was basically The Fly with mosquitoes instead. Um, it was creepy and not in a good way. Leading actor, creepy. And this close-up shots of mosquitoes, creepy. Yep. Most of the supporting cast, except the love interest, boring. A very low meh. Almost a rage. Ooh, okay. Alright, Mosquito State. Set in August 2007, the impending 2008 financial collapse is foreshadowed by a blood-sucking insect in this social commentary disguised as a horror film. The film is a portrait of dread as a man slips into madness as he can see the impending doom that is on the horizon. 
This methodical and beautifully shot film takes us into the nightmare that becomes Richard Boca's life as played by Bo Knapp. Knapp's performance is very good with his slumped shoulders and his weird cadence fitting that of an outsider. As a successful Wall Street analyst, I get the dynamic between Richard and his boss as Richard makes him money. The relationship I did not get, as Jim also alluded to, is Richard and Lena, who he met at a corporate party. There is no reason for her to find Richard intriguing, and the story suffers because of it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed everything in this film, except for that. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And just because of that... It's, it's a mess. All right. When it should have been a Mondo. I agree. I don't even know why we needed her. Like, what? We didn't. She didn't. Yeah. Other than she was, well. She was a love. What do you call it? She was the, I don't want to. Why do they need to put love interest? Basically, she was the attractive person in the movie. She was like the. She's like the good to his evil. No, the yin to his like, yang. I don't know. No, like, and, and there's no, like, even before the mosquito thing. This guy wasn't the most outgoing person, and he wasn't the most, you know, energetic. I couldn't see what she would see in him anyway. I, That's I, what I wasn't buying either. It, yeah. it made no. I mean, I mean, if he was funny, it would be different. But or he if wasn't. she was like, if there was a whole sex thing that was happening, yeah. where she was attracted to him because he was wealthy, but they didn't really imply yeah. that either. No. So and, then, and like halfway through the movie, she actually sleeps with the guy when he's got all those boils and things on his on his. Don't you find boils sexy, Mary? Uh, no. Okay. Well, I think anyway. they're kind of hot. Why not? Anyway. Yeah, I 100% agree with literally everything you said, which doesn't happen very often. It's because I speak logic. It's what I do. I thought you were the teller of truths. He does that too. Truths are logical. Truth is subjective too, but Mm. anyway. Truth is a truth. Not always. It's just, uh, some I'm subjectifying that. There's, there's no shades of gray. There's black anyway, and there's white. I believe that was a triple man, was it not? I think it was. <laughs> Okie dokie. Nice. Nice. All right, then we are lucky enough to go to the cinemas again. What? So for now, anyway. Or were we actually lucky? <laughs> I know I didn't have time to discuss it with you guys. I'd leave before the credits. Yep. Because I had to work. Lucky you. Alrighty. Okay, we went to our local downtown Cineplex, the only place that was actually playing it. Uh, they Who Surround Us, which was shot in Alberta. Sweet. A uh, Ukrainian farmer living in Alberta, i.e. Vegerville, uh, loses his wife in a tragic accident. Guilt and grief send him into an emotional spiral or mysterious inexplicable events force him to relive traumatic incidents from his childhood in Ukraine. Uh, yeah, this movie was certainly Ukrainian. <laughs> uh, I didn't see any pierogies or... Well, yeah, I, well, I'm sure it was at the, uh, what do you call it, the, the funeral after oh, service right. thing, whatever the thing after the funeral. Gotcha. Not that he actually ate any food, but... Uh, yeah, it was set in Vagerville, home of the world's largest Easter egg. Cool. So driven by several times because they used to live near there. Um, and uh, it's like a huge Ukrainian community there. I, I wouldn't say the largest in Canada, but probably close. Um, I didn't like the main character, mostly because he was such a crappy father. I get that his wife died, but he couldn't even buy food to feed his own kid. He let his kid starve for like two days. And then he made him a peanut butter sandwich, knowing that his kid doesn't like peanut butter. Like, or he didn't, he didn't know, but he should know. It's his own child. Um, I also questioned his status as a farmer. Like this kind of bugged me. It probably shouldn't have, but he went to get feed from the feed store. 
Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, and we didn't see him do anything with it. Like the whole movie, you may have seen cows in the he field. Put but it in his truck. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't feed his animals with it. <laughs> he needed it way down the back of his truck. He didn't even, it was sliding around. A didn't bit. even see his horse. Until, coming. Didn't even see the horse till the end of the movie. It's like he had no idea he had any animals on his farm. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is he farming? There's actually? no cows, chickens, pigs, nothing. And what the hell is he feeding? Maybe they're, that's what he was eating. They're just shy. So it's like, yeah, like is he a farmer or not? Because he went on like a two week bender, basically avoided his kid, and didn't feed his animals. Anyway, um, yeah, so the story was okay. Had a really slow pace. I didn't really feel anything was resolved at the end, other than he finally quit drinking. <laughs> Film didn't really hold my interest, but it was well done regardless. And, of course, props to local uh, Alberta filmmakers for making it. So that makes it? That makes it a meh. Okay. It's a meh. I am yeah. interesting that... Um, that you were so connected to the character, but that's why you didn't like it. Shouldn't if he was an annoying character, shouldn't you have liked the fact that he was an annoying character? No, it just it, it turned it kind me of off rubbed you I off? had no reason okay. to cheer for him to get to get gotcha. any better. I gotcha. just felt sorry for his kid. Perfect. That was probably the intent. Maybe. Bryce, why don't you go? Alright. So yeah, as so as Murray mentioned, it's a movie about a Ukrainian farmer in Alberta. Bad thing happens to his wife. From there, he, fl- he kind of flashes back to childhood in the Ukraine where he lost his mother in 1943 as the German army slaughtered his village. Mm-hmm. There are events, these, sorry, these are, are events tied together in Rome in our Ukrainian father's mind. Mm-hmm. We are then treated to 90 minutes of the same thing over and over again. I get it. He misses his wife. We are also treated to 90 minutes of zero chemistry between any of the actors. Mm-hmm. Also, 90 minutes of really awful country music. Mm-hmm. Stuff even I don't recognize. <laughs> what we do get, however, is some very beautiful and striking shots of, Al- of the Alberta countryside. True. This was not enough, however, to recommend this film. There was no character development and not enough story to fill a a feature-length film. I'm sure writer-director and lead actor Troy Ruptash had a lot to say with his first feature film, but none of it seemed to be apparent on the screen. They Who Surround Us was a rage. Well, wow. well, well. No love for Surround Us. There was only one thing missing in this movie to make it a perfect film. Pierogies? Do you know what that is? <laughs> That's right. Just one more memory flashback montage, and then voila, a perfect movie. And by perfect movie, I mean a movie completely full of memory flashback montages. So there should have been 67 instead of 66? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Then it could have been uh, the perfect flashback memory montage the movie itself had no hope of being a great film in itself but just one more memory flashback montage and it would have been the perfect memory montage movie i cannot say this enough it's almost like i'm just repeating it over and over yeah there was a lot of repetition in the movie i'm 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 seeing the correlation here jim Well, it did leave me with with one burning question in all of his flashbacks. Yes. What the hell happened to the baby? There was a baby? There was a baby? (laughs) The beginning of the movie, she's like, 
leaning over oh, the yeah, river. Oh, yeah, that's but right. She, she the, puts the, 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 the baby in the me, river. Like let Moses. me tell you what happened to the baby, Murray. I will tell you. You cannot put a baby in cloth and put it in a river and have it survive more than three seconds because it would have sank to the ground because the water would have just weighed it down. Dead. It's totally dead. It was floating. Yeah, float. Okay, that makes complete sense because See, cotton it, that it, gets wet. Back, I thought it was in like a basket. It or wasn't something. a basket. Like I don't Moses. know. It didn't look like a basket. She was holding no, swaddling, no. swaddling hey, clothes around no, it. She, it. It was in something. It worked for Moses. I don't know. I didn't see no basket. Well, neither did I. But she just she must have found one by the right. By the, and you put a wait. So you have a basket, and then you cover it with cloth. Yeah. And then you put the no, cloth no, you covered don't, you blanket. You cover the cloth. But you it put was. the cloth in the basket with no, no, the No, 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 but the cloth was outside the basket. It was cloth that went into the water. To keep away the mosquitoes. Well, okay. Well, that that makes well perfect sense. Well, let me just get back to this. <laughs> anyway, so, just like they never answered that question. No, like well, there's a lot a, of questions, Murray. Had, that was just one this of This guy has like a baby brother or sister. He didn't ever bother to try to find out what maybe happened Maybe that's well, we part don't two. Know that. This could be a part two coming. There's a part two. Sure, so, part two. there was some amazing <laughs> shots in this film. I mean, you cannot miss shooting in the best locations in the world, our province of Alberta. However, the acting, in my opinion, was weak. The story was a typical PTSD-ridden alcoholic father after his wife dies from uh, My Girl subplot come to Jesus and the world is great type film. Yeah, one of those typical movies. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much everywhere. I found the story painful to watch unfold as everything was predictable and, and expected. And on top of it... The whole overshadowing come to Jesus moments were very much a guiding light for conversation. In addition, as Bryce had already alluded to, was not great. The only note of suspense was that, yeah, there was no suspense, I'm sorry. No, not really. I found that after about 20 minutes in this film, I was tired of the whole flashback montage. Did I mention there was flashback montages? Yeah, in just a few. That literally happened every five minutes, either going back to the lead actor's childhood or his scenes with his wife. This film was beautiful to watch the scenery for a lot of the visual visuals, but painful to watch for the story. And one of the only things I liked about it was that the CLF was not really annoying. So unfortunately, as much he as wasn't. I really... I didn't find it was, was that annoying. Right. He was kind of just there. I really okay. enjoyed um, watching, and I really wanted to love this film being shot in my home province, but it was also a rage for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's too bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else did we see? We saw Candyman. Candyman? Candyman. Candyman? The remake. Candyman. Candyman? I'm not <gasps> saying it. Where is he? Candyman. <laughs> He's going to kill you guys. I'm, I'm not going to say that. I'm not looking in a mirror. We're fine. Although I, I you know. I'm, I'm looking now in a mirror. mirror. I there's actually am, look, I am a, looking at the reflection in this picture. There's a reflection in your poster, yeah. so yeah, you're, you're, oh, no. you're screwed. Damn. Uh, Candyman is a sort of sequel to the 1992 film of the same name. This time around, we return to the same neighborhood in Chicago, but it is now gentrified. However, the Candyman still has a presence. There's a lot going on in this film with statements about gentrification, commercialism, and exploitation. Art is a central theme as well. And perhaps with all this going on, 
maybe we lose a bit of the message. This at its core is a horror movie and some of these messages may have been more focused if they could have gone further into the horror aspect of the story, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. There are some very good kill scenes, however, the best perhaps being the one in the art gallery. Ooh. Ooh, yes. More of that would have been welcome. Overall, when the final credits rolled, all I could think about was how much more I enjoyed the original. <laughs> For those of you that have not seen the original, give this one a shot, but then go back and watch the 1992 version as it is far superior in my opinion. 2020 Candyman was meh. Oh my goodness. My goodness. Now, Murray, you didn't get a chance to see this one, did you? Uh, no, I, my schedule is pretty full this week. Well, go watch the original first, yeah, and then uh, go and watch this one. I actually tried to look that's it up. Suggestion. It's not available on any of my streaming services. I didn't know that's how you spelt your name. I did. <laughs> Bryce has his name tag on, just so I can remember it. Yeah, did I call a, him Bruce he, today? Yeah, he's not at work. Have I called him Bruce yet? Because you, you might have called him Bruce. Isn't there a movie called They Call Me Bruce? There, there is. is. There you go. Okay, so this film has a well-done, heavy-handed racism overtones throughout the entire film, along with amazing art direction, artsy, artistry, uh, gore, and slash-tastic fun. In addition, sound and music was awesome. Definitely deepened the whole Candyman universe, and having Tony Todd show up, it was awesome in his cameo. Uh, That made it all worthwhile. Thanks to multiple LBGTQ representations. Way to go, Jordan Peele and friends. Thanks for getting the message that we need more diversity in film. The film keeps the original concept of the Candyman, but gives us a very direct message about Black Lives Matter, and even ends the film with a message to find more information about it. So this was cool. I loved a lot about this film. The development of the story, again, was done fairly well, and was truly fun little slasher ghost story slash ghost story. This was very fun, but like most remakes, nothing was brought forward to make me love that it came back from the grave as a sequel slash reboot. was fun, and I think the entire cast did a stellar job on the acting and script. I kind of tired of saying this over and over again, though. Please make new content, and if you're going to bring back a character, make it amazing, not just good. I liked this a whole bunch but it's just a meh. Maybe a little higher on the meh would have been if they would have stuck to this more of the slasher side of it. I kind of felt a little bit, maybe that's what you were getting at with your commentary. I think there was some really good opportunities to make this more slasher friendly. And I just- I honestly thought that they could have used more violence in it to drive home some of the stuff that they were yeah, and Pre- the fear. preaching at us really, and but. the fear, right? Like the the fear with the her going yeah. right, like with his trans- transfer. Been, I thought everything. it could have been more poignant if they would have actually up the uh, up the violence factor on this. Uh, the, but eh. yeah, well, or even just the the suspense wasn't there. It wasn't like there I wasn't felt I I didn't there's... feel the suspense was built, and then. Of course, after seeing it, I had to go home that night and watch the original. Did you? Yeah, yeah I actually bought it. It's, <laughs> it's it's a good movie. Yeah, and it's so Virginia it's, Madsen's great. Oh, she's too. brilliant. Yeah. And and uh, the end scene in in Candyman the original yeah. is just freaking brilliant. Murray, you sh- have to see the original because yeah, you'll love so it. Good. You will absolutely love it. I don't know. Horror movies aren't really my thing for the most part. Well, that one you will. 
and we'll see. I tried it, to find it actually. It wasn't on either one of the streaming services that I had. Uh oh, so. Raggy. I don't know where you can find it. Maybe Amazon, but I definitely couldn't find it on Netflix. Maybe go look for or it in one of your dollar bins. Even Tubi, I couldn't find it. So obviously, it's not on anywhere. But Candy it'll be on TV one of these days. Candy anyway, man. just a man. Candy man. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Oh, isn't it like Mrs. Potato Head? These are my angry eyes. <laughs> are we talking about the multi-talented Amy Adams? Yes, exactly. No, Mrs. Potato Head. No, not no, not not Rock Ruffalo's wife. I'm talking oh. about oh, the Mrs. Potato, Mrs. Potato Head, Head from Toy Story. Toy Story These okay. are my angry eyes. All oh, right, okay. That's right. Gotcha. So this week, my rage is: Can we please get some really good movies out? I know we've kind of touched around this subject a little bit, but the movie qualities that we're seeing in the theater are making me want to stay at home and watch movies that are coming on streaming services. Makes me want to watch it's TV. Not, it's not inspiring me to want to go back to the theaters. I would have thought, you know, they've kept pushing back all these good movies that we've been waiting to see since last year. And I think it's just because they, they need to make more money because they need to pay for themselves. But... Like, I don't know. Maybe they should have held, held back some of the stuff we've been seeing. Like, there hasn't been a lot of Mondos we've been handing out in the cinemas. Well, it's also subjective, too. I mean, a lot of people, like, loved Fast and the Furious. A lot of people loved a lot of those movies that you guys hated. It's just subjective, I guess. I mean, yeah, the mass public probably loves them. Just the discerning film viewer probably doesn't. So. I think most people I talk to still think that Fast and the Furious is a joke. It's become oh, it a is. drinking. It's, it's, it's oh. becoming a drinking. And movie. there's now a TV show it's based on with one of the actors. Great. That's an, <laughs> that's exactly what we need. Anyway, my rage this week is please start releasing some good content. I don't even know what we're seeing this week, but I'm sure this week we I got a good one. The ten rings please tell me. Oh, not ten rings. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't know what the other. Okay, let's are. have it. What is it? Mogul Mowgli's. <gasps> Not this. Riz Ahmed. Oh. Riz Ahmed has come to save us all. Thank you, Riz. I'm pretty sure I've seen that already. Well, oh, you made a seek screened it at a... I'm pretty sure I did. Is he is he either a DJ or else? Yep. He goes, yeah, I've seen it. Oh, cool. Well, don't tell and us how, anything, Murray. How huh? awesome is it? Well, don't ask him. No, I don't want to know. Murray, don't tell us anything. I don't want to know. I don't have to watch he, it he now. Ma- you made a face, so. Well, yeah, but that well, doesn't no, mean it, we're not going to no, like it. No, I screened it like last year. Didn't get t- didn't get picked, though. So oh, okay, for some of the festivals. So for people listening, Murray volunteers on a lot of film festivals, uh, screening for film festivals, as do I. So if uh, he so, may yeah, have seen it. I screened and, it last year, like okay, last well, summer. Now it's coming out for real rail, not for play play. All right, mm-hmm. then. <laughs> cool. Okay, so that was your rage? That was my rage. Just okay. put out more movies, better movies, and no. I'm hope putting all my money on Riz to we save us we all. We can only hope. Riz will save us all. Hmm. 
My rage this week is Bob Ross Inc. It seems that I am unable to enjoy anything from Bob Ross, anything he has ever done in the past without supporting the Kowalskis. I would really, really, I would really rather not line the pockets of these people. And I guess because of it, I will be unable to appreciate any more Bob Ross. I have a question then. That makes me rage. That kind of makes me rage too, because as much as I really want to get a, I'm missing a centerpiece at my house for a, a plant. And I, after seeing the Bob Ross and getting reacquainted, I wanted to get a Bob Ross Chia Pet. But now there's no way in hell I'm going to give them my money. Exactly. Right. And it sucks. So, so okay, here's, here's a question. If the ethics of the people that fucked over our friend Bob, mm-hmm. do we feel it's then okay for us to then pirate stuff? Like yes. either. So if, if, I, if I get your talented girlfriend to make us a Bob Ross Chia Pet with her skills and talents that she has, <laughs> then it's, then it's okay. okay. A knockoff then, Bob Ross. A knockoff. So I'm putting the call out to Kim. If you can make us some Bob Ross material, we will wear it everywhere. We we are no longer supporting Bob Ross Inc. Yep. We're Bob supporting Ross just Inc. Bob Ross's son, Steve. Yes. Well, well, unfortunately, we can't even support him. No. I guess I guess we could make some stuff and then like send Steve like five send bucks. Him yeah, exactly. Steve. Send it we to pirated Steve. some stuff. We. <laughs> We uh, we got uh, we got some of the joy of painting illegally off the internet. And here's your cut. <laughs> here's a few bucks. But we're gonna have to open another company. We won't tell people what it is because it's not gonna be Film Rage Podcast because yes. we don't want to be sued no. by Bob Ross yeah. Inc. Well, yeah, the Kowalskis will have our asses. Yeah, so. they'll serve us up like uh, yesterday's Chia Pet. Anyway, they're old. Yeah, but they probably have kids to pass down. Yeah. Right? It's just a yeah, self-perpetuating... Like, like most people, their their kids are probably stupid, so... Yeah. Well, I don't know. Are they inbred? Are they, com- are they brother anyway. and sister, too? No. Anyway. Well, anyway, Anyways, people... that's really just depressing. Yeah, I is. would I would love to just fill my boots with Bob Ross everything, but mm-hmm. I can't because oh. it all goes to the Kowalskis. So Boy even if we had, God. like, a Bob Ross poster in the Film Rage Studios... That money would go that unless would go to the Kim made a new one for us. Because exactly. they own his image now. <laughs> they own everything. That's sad. It's so sad. And because even they went to court and everything. Yeah, yep. and they lost. And they, yeah, yeah. Son, yeah, because apparently his, his own, own son it, lost. It, even well, no, because his own stated in the contract. Yeah, because his own brother freaking signed over the company to these people. He's he's an idiot. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway. Rage subsiding. What's up, everyone? It's me, Mr. Button, all the way up to the top, Montego from Fans Old Patrol. And if you want to hear some nerd stuff, man, some nerd movies and some nerd contents and some games, listen to me and my co-host Tiffobot as we clash like the titans on every show, man. But when we're not clashing amongst ourselves, we're always listening to the Film Rage show, man. We love these cats that just go hard in the paint. So tune in and listen to Bryce and Jim do their thing. It's Fans on Patrol time. I love Fans on Patrol. And Murray, I know they kind of threw you a little bit under the bus, but they let's did. face it, you're you're kind of just back in the game, buddy. Yeah, well. I've been uh we've been listening to Fans on Patrol for a long time. Is These it? guys, I, I would say they're kind of like our uh, I would say sister podcast, but they do a, not similar to us, but 
they got a lot of good content because they don't they mix it up. It's not all about one yeah. movie. They talk about a lot of nerd stuff. And they usually, it's always funny. We'll, we'll be reviewing a movie and they'll reviewing the same movie. So, uh, yeah, check them out, guys. Yeah. Fans on Patrol. I actually didn't have anything planned because uh, I kind of had the week from hell. Just remember but. the minutes going. Yeah, I know. Trust me. This is a, this is a 30-seconder. Okay. Uh, I just recently saw a documentary on John Ritter. Yes, it was on TV, but, you know, everyone knows him from his, you know, very successful shows on television but he actually was quite an accomplished actor as well mm. uh, after you know his three's company ended he tried to figure something else to do and he did a lot of you know serious dramas he played some war veterans and i guess his biggest role was he was actually in sling blade with B- billy bob yep and they met actually on his one well his failed sitcom in between his other two but and they became fast friends and it's like yeah i mean People know him as this, you know, comedy, you know, Buster Keaton type guy from his company, but he actually had some pretty good roles, so you should check it out. Uh, he was also in Bad Santa. There so. you go. Let's see what. His also, last also role. Billy Bob. There you yeah. Go. There's a lot of Billy Bob action happening for buddies. John Ritter. Anyway, that's all I got. It's a sweet little memory for. Is it his birthday or something? No, like just they did a documentary because you know he died, but it was an ABC thing. Hmm. ABC. He actually died September 17th, so it's, or he was born September 17th, and he died September 11th. There you go. 2000 and something. 2003. He actually died on set of his sitcom. That's sad. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, the list, I don't think we got a lot going on on the list this week, but we are going to be planning, and it's going to take some time, because it takes time to plan these things. We're going to focus, maybe maybe as we get into September, we'll focus on a Mesmerize Off every week. I'm just to, throwing, try, my, to throwing that, that out there. Murray's going to do some research on our I, Mesmerize list. I actually have the first one. All right. Well, um, give it to us. All right. Uh, today we've got Russell Crowe versus, I'm going to screw this up, Dijon Hansu. Who was were they in, in a movie together? They were in Gladiator together. Oh, yeah, he, that's he, right. He was his buddy for the whole movie. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they were in the movie together. Like, there's like, there's literally three pages of, of names this, here, and that's just the two that popped out at This me. means I have to watch Gladiator again? Again, yes. I thought after the first time I would never have to if watch you don't remember that it, I guess but so. But I already know who's more mesmerizing in that. I could tell you right now. I've actually, it's so, it's so already grained in my head. I have a feeling we're going to disagree on this one. <laughs> this list is never getting any smaller, by the way, folks. Uh, never. I can I can already tell you that it's not going to be Russell Crowe for me. If, but I would I guess I got to watch it. But wait, sure. and what isn't is Joaquin Phoenix on our mesmerized list, Murray? I didn't see him. Okay, why isn't he on our list? I don't know. Want to add more names? He was do we on. do we do we want to add him to because it could be a three way? Isn't he on your own dotum already? Uh, I don't remember. You were. You looked at our you looked at our list and you didn't you didn't look at the I, I printed off the mesmerized list. And it well, was, that's a long list. It was three pages long. I know that's why we're trying to narrow it. All down. I'm trying. Yeah, you're well. Hey, buddy. I had some good stuff work. happen this week. Yeah, that's, that's right. He lost all the electricity in his house. I had house. no power at my home. Yeah, that's not for like good. Three days. So that, yeah, super awesome. That is not anyway. good. Well, is that all we, we have will, for this? We will definitely. Yeah, that is it. Well. We're we're planning. We have to plan, Murray. We have to plan well, these I things. I assumed you guys had seen it and that you'd remember it. We well, okay. So now, let's but. first talk about Joaquin Phoenix. Should he or should he not be mesmerizing? 
I say yes. Well, I personally, apart from a couple of movies, don't like him. But yes, but is he mesmerizing, Murray? Uh, depends what he's doing. He's always mesmerizing. Yeah, I think he is. Because that's going to make a three-way if we have to watch Gladiator. So you want to make it a three-way and like, give him the, the, the role? Knock two people off? Well, well, if we no. all come to the if same opinion, the only the only way that anybody gets knocked off is if we all agree. Like I said, this list is never getting smaller, folks. It'll Guaranteed. get smaller. No, I have a feeling someone's going to go. It won't. If we get to a two-some instead of a threesome, it seems like I don't even have to watch because I already know you two are going to disagree. So no, I guarantee I'm going to disagree with the two of you. Well, that's what I'm saying. But what's the point of me even watching? Well, well it's kind of like you're being dared. You to see this, but you there's no point. You, you, should we put Should we put Gladiator in the in your dare bag? Now, now, if you want me to watch Gladiator with Brian Dennehy and Cuba Gooding Jr., I'm on board with that. That is the far superior Gladiator movie. It's one of the finest underground boxing movies that you'll ever watch. Whatever. Top of the head, hardest part of the body. It when is? Brian Dennehy says that, oh. So good. When Brian Dennehy says anything, oh, so he's good. brilliant. So, for you out there, Gladiator starring Russell Crowe, poopy. Gladiator starring Brian Dennehy, mondo. It it is pretty good. But I I don't think Gladiator's that poopy. And I don't think it is either. Poopy. Because there's some pretty good actors in it. Poopy. Some good action. They're mesmerizing good. people it's in it. Beepoo, beepoo, beepoo. Okay, now, so Joaquin Phoenix with, is... with Brian Dennehy and Cuba Gooding Jr. is awesome. All right, so we're putting on Joaquin Phoenix on the mesmerized list. So you're going to make and it then a triple? He, it yeah. is. It's going to be a triple. And so, Okay, so once again, I have to watch this? Yes. Oh, for crying out Because you got to make sure your your memory I, is right. Okay, I'm pretty... I, I, I'm pretty if, sure I know who I think is, too. What if I accidentally watch the other Gladiator? You can also Brian watch Denny? that. Why well, don't no, you? I don't want to watch them both. Well, I you just, have to watch the watch one them. with Joaquin Phoenix. No, I want the one with Cuba Gooding well, Jr. Well, you can't choose that one. Unless we put... Unless we put Cuba Gooding Jr. Well, I don't think no, Cuba Gooding Jr. He's not mesmerized. Having said that... <laughs> This particular movie, he's not annoying. <laughs> which is, which, which is, is saying all that, something. Unlike the rest of his movies, all you can ask from Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> to be not annoying Just in a movie. Don't be annoying. It's not like it's not like you were making you watch Snow Dogs. I think maybe I'd rather watch Snow Dogs than Gladiator. <laughs> well, folks, we're gonna watch only one, and it's gonna be not the Brian Dennehy the Gladiator. Scott, we will be watching. The three mesmerizing, good choice, Murray, because we get a double whammy with this one. Not only are we going to try and get someone what off the What if I was list. to find a movie with those three in it that wasn't Gladiator? Okay. I watch Go that ahead and if, try. But then we all have to watch it, so you've got till the end of tonight to let us know. <sighs> know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie, last week on Rage or Dare, Jim and Bryce pulled from my bag of rage-filled goodies with a 2000 remake of the TV show Miami Vice. That was with Colin Farrell and Jamie Fox. This week, hopefully, recover, they recover from the last trip to Jim's rage bag, and Bryce will get to choose Rage or Dare. 
check first with Bryce to see how he fared with the great Jamie Foxx and Colin Farrell. Classic. <sighs> Miami Vice. I can hear the music already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't get the, uh, the original Miami Vice music. Miami Vice from 2006, directed by Michael Mann and starring Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx was so much better than I remembered it. I remember when I first watched it, I did not like it. Now, upon rewatching, I can say it was pretty good. It was definitely a reimagining of sorts with the uh, of the TV series, and thank goodness for that because I hated the TV series. Both the writers and lead actors put their own spin on the characters, taking the gloss of the original and making it more gritty. It was very watchable. It was a very, very watchable police drama without the over-the-top the theatrics of a typical action flick. I enjoyed it a lot. Miami Vice was meh. Okay. Sure. Whatever you say. Uh, first off, what was this movie? Uh, was it uh, softcore porn? No. Was it uh, a detective story? Yeah, a Was bit. it a drug story? Was it yes. an action movie? Yes. Um, TV show was all of that. I had no clue what was happening in this entire movie. Not sure... What the sex scenes with Jamie Foxx or Colin Farrell were all about. I mean, Together? I love they, pointless they sex scenes as much as the next guy, but what? And what the fuck is with the awful music? I was so bored through this whole movie. Lots of getting in and out of cars and driving to places. I imagine the real police work that happens every day is as boring as this movie. Was this a love story? No. I don't know. Was it was it the softcore porn film that we thought it was going to be? Maybe. No. Was it a gangster film? I don't think so. No. Was, was there any action? Not really. I was like halfway I through it that. and I have no fucking clue what I was even watching. Plus lots of shower scenes where they show the cast getting clean and then having sex and then getting all dirty again. You know what I'm saying? Dirty Were there from many sex. Shower scenes? So I'm thinking to myself, I remember two. And then it becomes a vicious circle. Take a shower, then have sex. No. Then because you got stink There's dick, two. you take a shower again, which oh, causes yeah. you to have sex. And then so on, and then so on, and then so on. Uh, the only good thing in this movie was they used Bryce's favorite line that he uses every episode. And when they said it, Bryce... What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Right? What did it mean? I don't know. Is that where he got I it don't from? know, Bryce. That's not what where I is, got it from. What, what is this we had to do with the price of tea in China? Nothing. It was not That's a good movie. Point. I have no clue what you liked about any of this. I liked it. And there was more there was definitely more. They had to show both Jamie Foxx in the sex shower, and then they had to show Colin Farrell in the sex shower, and then Jamie Foxx went back in for the sex sex shower, and I was waiting for the entire movie for Colin Farrell's turn to have another sex shower but it didn't happen i think was there three sex showers there was three there was three they were dirty and then they were clean and then there were two that was the most exciting thing of the movie was the fact that i wasn't sure whether or not carol i was waiting i thought maybe the end credits i even watched the end credits to the very end of the movie to find out if colin farrell was going to get back into the shower with his girlfriend 
and have sex again. But it, it didn't happen. Yeah, it a, didn't happen, Bryce. It movie, didn't happen. The movie was good. I liked it. No, it was awful. It was boring. There's <laughs> nothing really happened. I you know, know why I think you liked it. So first off, no we, people need to yes, people have to realize that Bryce does not like action movies. No, he does not. And I so like if you're watching movies. a movie no, that's supposed no. to be, I there like were a, scenes. I like action movies when that are good. That that's true. When there's not too much action in them. What are you talking yeah, about? You action loved, light. You love yeah. nobody. It was a great movie, and there was lots of action in it. That's true. There's there's exceptions. So to so Marie, they had scenes in this movie. Have you actually seen this movie? Uh, no. Okay. I, I watched so the there TV is show. there is scenes in this movie oh, where TV they show a boat so going across from Cuba to Miami. Miami, yeah. Probably the entire time. Like it was like, how long does it take to get from Cuba to Miami? It was they, probably twenty five minutes, they and that's that how long. Scene wasn't in real time. It, was, it seemed like well, it was real time. They were they were always driving to some place or getting in and out of cars yeah. or driving a boat and then going nowhere. They were talking and then, to each other and between, doing it. between going in boats and going in cars and having sex in showers, I did, I was like, okay, so where's the plot and what's happening? Yeah, it's pretty good. No, it's terrible. No actual crime fighting. So Murray. You really did your job on me this week. Yeah. Uh, that movie was awful. And you failed miserably with me. Oh, well. <laughs> it, would not Apparently, be, it would not be the first time you and I have completely <laughs> opposite opinions that on That is movies. true. I, I think what we do know, though, is even though we're going to be watching Gladiator this week, we still oh, have the to get that. Brian Dennehy? <laughs> no, not that one. We have to get that one into his dare bag, so he has to watch it a second third time. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll, I'll plan that. Because I actually own that movie. All right. Now, Bryce, you get to rage or dare. Oh, it's my turn? Yep. One is from me, and one is from the dare bag. I know it's going to be brutal from you, but <laughs> oh, that's what it's about. Oh, he's going for juice, baby. And I think Gladiator's I, in here. It I mean, if, <laughs> if, if I want to watch a really good movie, I'll uh, pluck from the dare bag. But if Take I Take the little some, ones. The little ones are juicier. Are they juicier? Oh, those are the, the newer ones? The new and improved. All right, here we go. I got one. All right, people. Bryce, in addition to watching Gladiator this week, Bryce will also be not even the original, Jim. <laughs> what? No, it's not the original. Bryce will and be there was a remake of that? Bryce will be watching the remake. Endless Love. Of Endless Love. The remake of Endless Love. Not, not the original, which would have been bad enough. But the 2014 remake of Endless Love. <laughs> Okay, the gloves have come off. <laughs> All right. I can't. So we've got Gabriella Wilde. Touche, Jim. Alex, Touche. Alex Pettifer. Hey, Bruce Greenwood. I like him. Robert Patrick. Jolie Richardson. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Sounds enchanting. It's... Oh, my God. I can't wait for next week. Endless love. Oh. Wow. All right. Looking. <laughs> usually I say looking forward to it, but I'm not sure I do this time. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, for crying in a bucket. All right. All right. Oh, and what's that have to do with the price of tea That's in China? That's right. Nothing. Well, thanks, Ragers, for listening. Some super rage love to our members, Julian from It Goes Down in the PM Podcast, James and Philip. And I'll see you later tonight, Philip. 
for their continued financial support. Thanks to our extended film rage crew of Leonard Conlon for his artistic vision of photography via Leonard Conlon Photography. For Bex Goose for her tuning skills at potatoladypodcastreviews.com to Tony from FlixX Rated. We're going to see Tony pretty soon here coming up uh, for his graphic design for our verbal masturbation art, which I'm wearing tonight. Uh, from Nat from Crime Time Nerds uh, for our walking around art. And lastly, thanks to our sponsor, Canyon Meadows Cinema. Please go support your local independent cinemas near you as they desperately need your help as we come out of this pandemic. Or in our case, we go back into the pandemic. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at FilmRageYYC. Check out everything FilmRage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and T-Public. See what we look like on YouTube. By searching Film Rage Podcast, we are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please comment, like, and subscribe, and send us emails to filmragecalgary at gmail.com. But last thing, which I haven't told you about, is we are on a new site called Audea. A-U-D-E-A. Search it and then find Film Rage. We got little nuggets on there if you listen to. Dare us to see terrible movies to fuel our rage, but no matter what you do, please make us rage. Please. Please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on. <laughs>